Before we get started, I just wanted to let you know that the audio quality on the first eight episodes is a little bit lower. Uh, episode nine was Scott Stripling. We got mics and started improving our audio quality from there. Feel free to skip around. All right. Welcome to the fourth episode of Talk Story. Uh, today is February 2nd, Friday, February 2nd. We're excited to be here again doing this. Uh, it is 6.03 p. 6.04 p.m. on the East Coast, and um, clearly today I'm not with Chris. This is Anouk, and Anouk will be the co-host, special co-host today. We're very excited that she can make it, and um, excited to have a female representing the surf community out here. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you guys want, you can check out the blog, thankyousurfing.com. We've got uh, some of the previous episodes, episodes one, two, and three out there. Um, also, on Thank You Surfing, we've got uh, Lou Lozada's uh, local lens. All of uh, his photos went up on the blog this week. We also put up some surfboards for sale and uh, also a board bag. If anyone's taking a trip re uh, anytime soon, there's a board bag on there for a really good price. And uh, yeah. Um, oh. Uh, tomorrow, Surfrider Foundation Miami is going to have a party at Alita River, and they'll be showing a movie about surfing in Cuba. So that's gonna be pretty cool. Uh, check that out tomorrow night. Uh, Surfrider Miami is having the party over there. Are you gonna go to that party? I'm gonna try my best. You're gonna try your best. <laughs> I have a feeling that depends on whether you're surfed out or not. Exactly. Uh -huh. Maybe Uh-huh. What else we have going on this week? Anything else going on? Yeah. That's pretty much it, I think. Yeah, a surf recap. We have had a lot of waves. Did you surf? Yes, I did. After work. What about you? I surfed a bunch. Um, this week was kind of an interesting one. That swell that came in was mostly a north swell. And um, the wind was supposed to get on it, but never really got on it as bad as we expected. So it was a little bit of a happy accident in terms of that. Um, and then the, the thing that was most surprising, at least for me, was that the swell lasted for a few days. For two days. Yeah. And that's not very often that we get a swell to last a couple of days, let alone one that's not like ginormous and then like leftovers the next day. Usually we're in that situation. This time it was kind of like chest high, shoulder high for a couple of days in a row. And it got good in the evening too. Oh, which is nice for all the, all the working people <laughs> out there getting out after 5 p.m. Um, that's pretty awesome. Um, I know I served both evenings actually. Uh, I only served one morning, but um, it was good conditions. Very good for, Perfect, very for, for here. We had a lot of waves, not too many people in the water, um, not too many people jockeying, so that was kind of good. And um, what do we got coming up? We got some windswell for tomorrow. Uh, should be should have been blown already, so um, maybe a little bit delayed on that windswell for the weekend. Um, we'll be posting in the morning early, um, but not really expecting too much early. Probably more later in the day. So Anouk, do you want to show everybody your handles and your website because I want everybody to know where they can reach you. You can hold that up so they can find you. Alright, you can find me as Anouk Jorda on Instagram, just my name, A-N-O-U-C-K-J-O-U-R-D-A-A, and this is also the name for my website, and as an artist, uh, my name is uh, Noon. 
Right, sweet. Thank you. So here's something that uh, we wanted to talk to Nuke about because, I mean, I started to learn to surf when I was a teenager, like maybe 13 years old, 14 years old. I know that's not, that is not the case for you. You learn to surf much later in life and I'm interested to, to kind of hear how that went and how did you decide even to get into it? Okay, so I grew up in France, uh, in the Basque country, where we have very nice waves before a limited amount of time, maybe three months in the season. Uh -huh. The rest of the time is pretty unrewarding with a lot of uh, cold weather and uh, choppy waves. Uh -huh. uh, so I body surfed and bodyboarded all my childhood. And then I moved to Miami for job reasons, and uh, I just couldn't see any bodyboarding material. I didn't even know you could actually surf or catch waves in Miami. So um, I started surfing because bodyboarding was not a, an option. And so I started surfing in my early 30s, and I've been surfing for seven years now. How did you actually, like, did you go out by a board day one, or how did that all happen? Okay, like? I was very lucky. The first time I went out was with a colleague at work, uh -huh. I'm a teacher, and uh, one of my colleagues told me there are actually waves in Miami, so she lent me a board twice. Nice. And the first year I was in Miami, I lived in Coconut Grove, and I surfed twice, that's it. I went to the beach twice. Uh, and then uh, one of my neighbors was a surfer and he was moving out and I saw him. He had seven boards and he was loading up his car and ready to move. And uh, I went to see him and I was like, would you sell me one of your boards? And uh, he told me, no, I don't sell surfboards. boards. <laughs> I, I was very disappointed and uh, actually did something very sweet the next day when he was gone and I opened my door in the morning he had left me one of his surfboards. Get out, really? So, yeah. That's how you got your first so surfboard? My first surfboard was a gift from a neighbor that I never got to thank because I never saw him again. He moved out that night and uh, he left me his board. That board was pretty beat up. Mm -hmm. it, it was. I surfed with it with tape for a year because I didn't know it was bad to have water no get into way. the board. And uh, I still learn how to surf with it and I'm thankful because it was a gift. That is incredible. I can't believe that your first surfboard was just gifted to you by like an anonymous stranger. Yes, more and or less. I don't even know his name and I never got to thank him. But thank you if you <laughs> so ever cool. recognize me. Um, Alright, so you get this board and then like how did you even determine when to go surfing or what the hell happened next? Okay, I think the reason why you know me is because I'm not picky at all. I just battle out in anything, any wave, and I still think surfing is a therapy for me. It's more being in the water and catching whatever. So, I so you just go? I just go, and sometimes there are Even when you started? Yes. You just like go like yes. on any random Saturday? Uh, the thing is that because of my past, I surfed, I bodyboarded uh -huh. a pretty good size when I was a child. I don't have fear of any conditions. Um, but because I was a beginner, I just thought I had a lot in anything. So if there is not maybe just, you know, half a foot, I still had a lot. That's definitely the case. Um, so I can't imagine it being very easy to learn how to surf in Miami, one. 
And then learning how to surf is not easy at all to begin with. So there's a lot of commitment that is involved with that. How did you deal with that? And how did you, okay. how did you become so committed to it? Okay, it was gradual. I used to be a late riser, so uh, I've changed in the past four years thanks to surf trips with friends and I just realized that it's actually nice. Early bird does catch the worm, so <laughs> it's worth it to get up early. Uh, I realized that, you know, watching the sunrise when you're surfing is a blessing and that you get beautiful conditions when you when you commit to getting up early. Uh, I've taken more surf trips up north also in the past four years. Uh, I've got We're in Florida, by the way, if you guys don't realize where the heck we all are. Okay, but I do have my card, membership card for Fort Pierce Parks. <laughs> I love that spot. I really like so the you, crowd there. So you basically just wake up early? I wake up early, sometimes as early as 4 a.m. Uh -huh. Uh, we check the forecast with my friend uh, Fulvia, uh -huh. and uh, we just surf, go up north and surf there at sunrise. So you'll leave here at 4 a.m., drive for, mm -hmm. it takes about two hours to get there, to Fort Pierce. You'll be there actually before the sun rises. Yes. And? And just surf before everybody gets there, which is uh, around 8 a.m., it gets really crowded. That is definitely a kind of like rite of passage as a surfer in Florida. Yes. The trip up coast. And we've gotten to like Jupiter too. We have cool friends there. Uh, the guy that shaped my board is uh, also from Palm Beach. What's uh, the Crowd control. Crowd control surfboards. What's up? Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, that's kind of funny. Like you know, like there. I know I'm interviewing you in a way, but um, I have taken trips up coast with you guys, and uh, everywhere that I go with you, you guys know people. Like, people will paddle over, big smiles on their faces, give you high fives, um, and it's not limited to like one spot. And so I guess you guys have been going to all these spots enough times where yes. people that live there and surf there regularly know that you surf there regularly. So it's, it's kind of interesting. It's, it's yeah, a, it's a I strange... think we've been regulars up there for the past three years. So Every that's... time there are ways we go up there. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's July. <your life>, huh? <laughs> yeah. That is definitely very dedicated. Um, but you also have traveled other places. Um, yes. So what places have you traveled since? I guess since you've been tra surfing, uh, what surf trips have you taken, and what have? Okay. Like, how, did, how did that all go down? Because that's right. a whole other rite of passage. I mean, going learning to surf is one thing as a Miami. And then realizing that you can go up coast like two hours mm -hmm. or three hours and see different conditions entirely. That was an epiphany. Yeah. Yeah. Just <laughs> and then that. if you get on an airplane and go two, three hours in uh -huh. another direction, it's a whole other scenario. Okay, so my first trip I see uh, Miguel join the group, maybe still here. Uh -huh. My first surf trip was with Miguel. Uh, he's a neighbor and I met him doing my laundry. I didn't know him. <laughs> and. Uh, I really did not know him. I had seen him literally once. So you met a guy doing laundry. And he told me, I'm going to Costa Rica next week. Do you want to join? So I actually joined him. And that was my first surf trip to Playa Grande, close to uh, Tamarindo. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had a great time. And it was two weeks with a complete stranger. Uh, my friends were like, <laughs> crazy. Uh, but it started a series of surf trips. And I've never stopped since then. That was back in 2012. 
And uh, I'm a teacher, so every summer I've committed to going somewhere where I haven't served before. Okay, so where else is that taking you? Okay, so Costa Rica three times, uh, Nicaragua twice, uh, Indonesia, <laughs> Uh, Salvador and Valentina, uh, which was a very cool surf trip because she organized a surf contest with other people and she linked it to uh, a very nice, um, how would you call that, community development, passing out school supplies. Okay, so wait. I'm trying to take this all in. So you've been surfing since 20... I would say 2000... 2010. And since then, you've been to Costa Rica how many times? Nicaragua? Three times, Nicaragua twice, Indonesia for a month and a half. Indonesia for a month and a half. Uh, I also fly back home, which is the best country in France, every summer, almost. So I've gotten to surf my childhood spots. Okay, so she's Pretty basically got like the hit list of all the spots you want to go surf in the world. Hopefully. In, um, Working on it. <laughs> <laughs> You've hit a number of them already in your short serving career. Uh, so what is it like going um, to some of these places? I mean, actually I want to back up for a second. So there's not that many girls that serve in the lineup here. So I imagine that being a girl in the lineup has got to be somewhat of a thing. And then going to other countries and surfing must be a whole other thing. How do you think that affects you in, in, like in terms of travel, in terms of being in the lineup? Because I mean, there's, there's a difference. Okay, I would say that I was scared to travel on my own the first time I did it. And um, looking back, I'm very glad. Okay, where did uh, you go? First time, actually I was on a trip with you and uh, Miguel and other people. And uh, when you guys, uh, had to go back to work. <laughs> As a teacher, I had all this summer, and I thought, you know what, I'm gonna stay. So I ended up staying in Nicaragua. I went from this uh, world-class uh, mansion, five-star surf trip, to a very uh, you know, laid-back surf trip. I was in a surf hotel uh, for $10 a night, and I stayed there for a month. And that was my you were there first, for a month after Yes, that? and that was my first time. And uh, I made friends that I still have to this day. Uh, some, in, some in Australia, some in Palm Beach. And uh, I just realized that this is what I want to do every summer. Let's just go on a month-long surf yeah. trip. <laughs> I yeah, think that's what most people connect. want to do. You know, the surfing world is uh, unique in that sense, is that you can travel on your own and not feel lonely. And even as a girl, yeah, I never felt true. I was in danger because you connect with people in the water and then you get out of the water and you see all these people and they welcome you because you share the same passion. I never felt I was in a dangerous situation. Really? Yeah, and I felt very welcomed and I don't know, there's something about traveling on your own where you're more open to other people. Yeah. And I've met amazing people that are committed to changing the world or being involved in their community and just uh, very down-to-earth people. I like that about surfing and traveling on your own. Wow. <laughs> that's an intense, yeah. I mean, <laughs> intense. wow, I mean, that's pretty intense that you've gone through all that stuff just through surfing. Yeah, it's a lifestyle and I, looking back, I would uh, 
I would probably not be as happy if I hadn't shifted to this lifestyle. That's pretty interesting. Actually, um, I was thinking when um, when I found out you were going to be a guest, I was kind of wondering if surfing has an impact on, I mean, you mentioned you're a teacher, but you're also an artist. So I'm wondering if you have some sort of connection through your art and surfing, or how was there interplay there? Because I know I'm an entrepreneur, so when I go out in the water sometimes, it's it's to try to disconnect from work. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, sometimes I'll wind up thinking through things while I'm like duck diving or like getting worked or who knows what. Yeah. Um, but there's there's something that definitely happens to me and my psyche uh, with everything that goes on in my life. But how does that affect your like creativity or? You get inspiration from it? Okay, usually when I travel, I sketch. So I bring a sketchbook, and the sketch tra- uh-huh. the travel sketch that I have are uh, influenced by the travel that I took. So, for example, the whole month and a half I stayed in Indonesia, uh-huh. my sketches reflect the colors, the culture, whatever I saw there. Uh, I also sketch a lot of uh, uh, female surfers um, or women in movement. I also have a whole blue series that is connected to the ocean. I like to draw drops. <laughs> so that's like the connection to the blue series. That yes, makes sense. <laughs> it's connected to the ocean. Yeah, no, totally. It makes me feel. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and you know, just uh, this is actually a very nice uh, way to feel at peace for me. When I travel on my own, I don't always interact with people, uh-huh. even if I end up always meeting new people. Mm-hmm. But all the time alone that I have, uh, I get to sketch and meditate. I guess sketching is my way of uh, feeling home anywhere, even if I'm in a foreign country. Well, that's pretty nice. Yeah. I wonder if I have stuff like that. <laughs> Brushing my teeth in the morning. <laughs> I got that, I guess. <laughs> I also have uh, uh, painted on uh, several surfboards. The two surfboards that I have have my paintings. And then um, you did that on a trip? Uh, no, Visa. Um, okay, the the latest one that I have, mm-hmm. I got to work with Brett Prince for crowd control. And he let me sketch and paint on the boards before he put the last layer, so uh-huh. that's even better. Uh, I really like that uh, collaboration to give it a nice finish. And uh, I also got to paint a mural in uh, Salvador, the place where we stayed. Uh-huh. Uh, the owner of the place, uh, Lili, uh, asked me to paint, so I collaborated with um, uh, what's his name, the one that has the boats, the firefighter that retired. Well, I got to paint with him. Uh, he painted the way behind, and I uh-huh. painted one of the surfers. So they have that in the background, and everybody that stops there and stays with them sees that painting. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a mural that we did together. So I guess it does wind up being very connected after a while. Yes, and I, I think uh, I'm still in touch with uh, one of the French guys that is there in that community in Punta Mongols uh-huh. in El Salvador. Uh-huh. And he asked me to uh, come and uh, join some of the youth there that are doing paint work. Oh, cool. So when I do go back there, it will be. When you said that, uh, that sounds like a good idea. I don't know. This summer, we're trying to do the Maldives. We'll see. Yeah, every <laughs> summer. There's a lot of places to go. So many places. Yeah. Yes. That, that's a good problem to have. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thankful for that. 
Uh, all right, so there's one other thing that I wanted to get into you before we get out of here. Um, and that is a nuke will surf the smallest waves that you ever, ever seen. And I'm not even talking about small waves. I'm talking about probably doesn't even... Non-existent Yeah, non-existent waves. As, uh, as a matter of fact, they're called a nukeable. Um, <laughs> it's when it's like, well, it's sort of something, but it's not really a wave, but you'll be out there. Um, all right, so first question is like, why the hell do you bother? Second question is, does it help your surfing? And the third question is, uh, just maybe two. Okay. <laughs> why do I bother? It yeah. makes me happy. Okay, so uh, going out, even when it's barely I think, rideable. you know, there's some of us surf for the performance. Some of us surf for the peace inside. I okay. think I'm one of these people I guess so. that need to connect with the ocean and with nature to feel complete. And that's what it gives me. Uh, if I'm out there paddling, even if I'm by myself, I actually enjoy being by myself out there. It's another thing than competing for waves in a busy lineup. That's true. Uh, just watching the colors, enjoying the ocean is part of the experience. I don't care how small the wave is. Uh, if I'm in the water, it's already I'm already winning. So that part, you know, if I see a little something and if I know I'm going to spend an hour feeling the elements, I don't care if the wave is not significant for most surfers, I will still enjoy it and feel better after. To me, I, for example, I cannot jog. I, I hate jogging. You cannot, <laughs> I hate jogging too. You cannot make me put sneakers on and go, I would do it for the benefits of it, uh -huh. but I would rather paddle out and feel the benefits of being in salty water. It's hard to argue. Yeah, it, it's mean, the paddling and the... Don't you get frustrated though? It's like when it's not... You, <laughs> I'm trying to like imagine you paddling out in the smallest days that I've seen you do it. I mean, it's barely yeah. a ripple and sometimes not even coming consistently. And you'll just sit there and wait. It has to be frustrating. I don't wait that much, actually. That's the thing about small days in Miami, and I think it's unique to this spot, Maybe. is that small days still can keep you pretty busy. Like, you can be going back and forth, and I can literally catch 50 waves in an hour. They might be very small, but I still did my workout and paddled back and forth, and I feel great after. Yeah, I mean, I guess so, you take it from that perspective. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a workout for me. I don't do much exercise other than surfing. So I take it as a, when you do push-ups in the gym, I would get extremely bored. I would have to commit to going to the gym and mingle with people. I'd rather be out there and Not mingling with people. <laughs> it, it's something very reassuring about, you know, being out there and embracing and I'm breathing. It's almost like meditation, actually. Yeah, I could buy that. I understand that aspect yeah. of it. And it's, it's You just not, take it to a whole yeah, other level. Yeah, it's a spiritual thing. I, I'm sure if you talk to Kenny, I don't think he's on Instagram, but Kenny, our neighbor, uh -huh. who's always out there in the smallest waves, yeah. or Jose, who we joined earlier, this is about uh, feeling connected. It's not just catching a wave. 
And also, you can connect that to the fact that I started surfing very late in my life, you know, so I did not get used to uh, surfing perfect waves. Uh, I still feel I am improving because I'm paddling out, and it is paying off. No, no, I definitely, been, there's, there's definitely that aspect of that for sure. I mean, the more time you spend in the water, the better yeah, surfing you're I feel there's even no minor details, like mm, my imperfect takeoff, but still, by being out there in small waves, I am improving it. Uh, I am understanding how the wave goes and, and faster movements. Just even when it's breaking very fast, grabbing the rail, these are things you realize. To me, it's like a, going on an easy slope when you're skiing. Uh -huh. You're practicing basic skills by just being out there, panning out, no matter what the conditions are. That was a very good analogy. Have you been working on that? <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. I, I come from like a skiing and snowboarding background, yeah. so I'm like, oh, yeah, she's right. Yeah. There is kind of that too. Well, I never was a good skier. I didn't get enough practice, but the maybe four or five ski trips I took, I tell people, leave me there on the, I don't know how you call it, children's slopes. Yeah, I'll spend two days on that, leave me alone, and then I'll join you for the rest of the trip. And to me, this is like my bunny slopes. I do that, I have fun. Um, by myself, I'm doing what I need to do. My body's remembering things, like working on muscle memory. And believe it or not, when I surf bigger waves in, oh, I forgot Mexico, I went to Mexico twice. <laughs> I went to Mexico twice, I surfed pretty big waves there, and Whatever I practice here in South Beach in small ways uh, came in handy. That's hard to argue. Yeah. I, I've seen it happen over time. Like you're and definitely progressing. And I'm a teacher. You do your homework, it pays off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't top that. All right, let's let's end this thing here then. <laughs> Kids, do your homework. Um, so I want to thank Anouk for joining thank us you. today. It's been really fun uh, doing this with Anouk as the, as the co-host. Um, show everybody your handle again so they can follow you on Instagram. And check out her art, uh, as you heard earlier. Some of it's uh, ocean-inspired, so you guys might like that stuff. Um, and this will be up on Thank You Surfing, along with all the previous episodes that we've had uh, shortly. If you guys like it, you can subscribe on YouTube. We do have that. And uh, comment or let us know how we're doing. If you guys want to talk about stuff next time or you hate this and you should just stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're here for the people, right? Yes. Uh, thanks again, Anouk. Thank you. We'll uh, see you next time, guys. Ciao. <laughs>